Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. All right, are you ready to get into the Word this morning? <clears throat> I can't hear you. Are you ready to get into the Word this morning? Praise God. Alright, let's pray and let's get into the word. We have a lot to do this morning. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the presence of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come into your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. We are studying the subject of increase this month. Looking at prosperity. Amen. And uh, I said that very importantly, that most times <clears throat> when, uh, when something is taught wrongly in the body of Christ, we go to the other extreme. For instance, let's look at the subject of giving. If we're not taught giving properly, every time we hear giving, we'll run away. Praise God. Uh, uh, it's like if you've been somewhere that somebody drowned before, and then I invite you to go to the swimming pool, what happens? You don't want to go there. But there's nothing wrong with the swimming pool. So a bad experience does not mean that something is wrong with it. We've got to find out from the Word of God what the truth of God's Word says. Amen. So we're looking at the subject of prosperity and increase. And we believe that God wants us to increase. We believe that God wants us to prosper. And uh, we, we are basing our teaching this month in Genesis 24 verse 1. So let's go there quickly. Genesis 24 verse 1. Now Abraham was, very, was old. I'm using the New American Standard Bible. Now Abraham was old advanced in age. Somebody say advanced in age. So we believe that God wants us to live long. Amen. We're dealing with that on a Wednesday service. We believe that God wants us to live long. Glory to God. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in what? In every way. Come on, talk to me, church. The Lord had blessed Abraham what? In every way. So what we're looking at is that God wants your life is what I'll call total life prosperity. God wants your life to be blessed in every way. Not in some ways and in some other ways things are not going well. God wants us to have everything in order. Praise God. And last Sunday, we dealt with the subject of what? Who can tell me what we taught last Sunday? Frugality. What does frugality mean? Gathering the fragments, not wasting. Come on, how many of you were frugal this week? I mean, some of you, uh, uh, somebody's hand is so up, like I was excessively frugal. Don't get into stinginess now, praise God. <laughs> praise God. <laughs> I mean, we just realized offerings are dropping. You say, what's happening? You say, pastor, we are now frugal. No, don't do that. Glory to God. Praise God. But yes, uh, we need to be frugal. We need to cut down waste. Because I know God wants to bless us. And He wants to put us right. You know, these things we're dealing with, these are not things that are usually taught with the subject of prosperity. You know, most times when we hear the subject of prosperity, what, the one word that comes to our mind is either breaking curses or just sowing a seed and getting to prosper. You see, but a shepherd should give you the whole counsel of God. Giving alone will not make you prosper. I repeat it again. Giving alone will not make you prosper. The world has not been designed like that. Are you hearing this now? So you have to give and you have to do what? To do other things 
that we're talking about. This morning, we want to deal with skills and prosperity. Everybody say skill. Alright, say it one more time. Say skill and prosperity. Now, we're going to read three uh, chapters of the Bible. And I want you to follow the story because they are long readings. So I'm going to read all three chapters and then I'm going to just talk to you about the subject of skill. First of all, turn with me to First Samuel chapter 16. And the beautiful thing I love about the stories we're looking at this morning, they were not people who had everything going for them. Because I've heard, you know, you know, sometimes when things are bad in your life or things are not going well for you, right, the earlier you get used to it and make positive progress, the better for you. For instance, if your father died five years ago, the man is not going to resurrect. He's not Lazarus. He's dead. Is it painful? Yes, but you have to move on. Your husband left you three years ago and left you with 17 children. Well, he has gone. You can believe God for restoration. We can trust God with you. But before he comes back, you, you need to move on with your life. You can either decide to keep rehearsing your past or you can decide to make a step towards your future. Praise God. And don't think that every one of us wearing suits and wearing shoes and preaching had everything going for us. Some of us chose not to put our story before us. You know some people put their story before them. Before they tell anything, they give you their story. So you've got to make a choice. <clears throat> Glory to God. And nothing, listen carefully to me, I'm saying what I'm saying this morning, nothing that has happened to you has the ability to stop you if you don't agree with it. Some of the most successful people in this world, and I'm talking about believers, I'm not talking about people who are not believers. Some of the most successful believers in this world are people who have been through all kinds of things in this life. And you better sit up and stop putting excuses why you're not progressing or why you're not excelling. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Go to 1 Samuel 16, verse 1. Now... The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. Follow the story. But Samuel said, How can I go? When Saul hears of it, he will kill me. The man of God was afraid. And the Lord said, Take a high five with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. You shall invite Jesse to the sacrifice. I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me the one whom I have designated to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the city came trembling to him and said, Do you come in peace? <clears throat> he, said, he said, In peace, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourself and come with me to the sacrifice. He also consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Verse 6. Look at this. When he entered... He looked at Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance and at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. You see, the choice of man is not always the choice of God. Glory to God. And he says, For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 
Now, and, and it's very important, you need to follow this now. People have used this scripture to teach that what you wear is not important. That you can dress, God looks at the heart. But the scriptures in the book of Proverbs talks about the attire of a prostitute. It's important. How you also look in your outward is important. You can't look like a thief and expect it to be treated like a king. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, you must understand this scripture carefully. The Bible says, man, look at the outward appearance. It is God that sees your heart. Man does not see your heart. Man sees your outward. So, you must make sure that your outward is properly dressed for man. And your inside is properly dressed for God. To dress carelessly on the outside and say, well, I don't care. People would respond to you the way you dress. So, you can dress in a funny way and people are blowing whistle and calling you like a dog in the street and you will blame them, but there is a way you will also dress and people will not approach you that way. Your dressing is important. I know we live in a generation now where we don't want anybody to judge us. We want to wear, it's like the more uh, your body is exposed, the more, uh, the more fashionable you are. And for some of us boys... Unfortunately, some preachers who want to not to leave the generation behind also are part of it. I don't know why you will buy a jean that is torn in the knee. And sadly, some modern preachers do that. I will never do that. I mean, and I don't, I don't say it to mean anything, but I think that there's a level of uh, appearance. You know, the fact that I want to reach young people does not mean I should go and pierce my ears and wear earrings and wear tattoo because I want to reach that generation. Praise God. So if I want to reach mad people and heal them, what do I do? Okay. So it says, verse 8. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him to pass before Samuel. And he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Next, Jesse met Shammah, passed by, and he said, <coughs> The Lord has not chosen this one either. Thus, Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all the children? And he said, There remains yet the youngest. And behold, he's tending the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. Now, this is very interesting. Imagine if a prophet... Well, let's just read before I talk. Well, let me talk and I'll read. Imagine if a prophet was coming to your house to anoint the president of the country. And your father, they said, bring all your children. Do you realize that even the children that are not yours, you will bring them? Because you just want to make sure that at least they pick one from whoever you know. Imagine having seven of your brothers pass by. Your father forgot that you are one of his child. Until the prophet asked him, are these all... That's to show you that David, I mean, theologians haven't really settled on this, but some people feel that David was not, was maybe a child from another woman or something. Because it doesn't make sense to say, bring all your children. The prophet is coming. Do you realize when the prophet was coming to the town, the whole town was like, do you come? Those days, prophets did not move anyhow. They were not going to uproot trees from people's compound. When the prophets moved, it was a serious business. And they forgot the youngest. And the youngest was the one who was actually walking with the sheep. How can you leave the youngest to go and walk with the sheep? And every 
other one who was older was in the house. What were they doing in the house? You see, sometimes those menial jobs that you do, you think it's actually punishment, but they are preparing you for the throne. They are preparing you for the throne. Praise God. You know, in talking with my, my wife, at, I mean, as we discourse, I find out that she spent a lot of time with her aunties, raising her aunties' children, you know, spent a lot of time until tomorrow the children still respect her and call her for that. It became easy for her to just raise her own children. Because she spent most of her life raising other people's children, raising her auntie's children. She just knows how to, you know, win a baby from breastfeeding and all of that. And so, if you're single and you say, well, can you help take care of this baby for a while? And you look at it like punishment. You just put the child, you know, on the sofa, you pack biscuit for them, pack feeding bottle for them, on the channel for them, and then you are pinging and chatting with your friend and just making the, cho- the make sure the child uh, is watching cartoon and are just laughing, going through Instagram, doing, going through Facebook. You are not going to be different when you have your own child. I know you didn't hear that, so I'll repeat the example again. I said they give you a child to take care of. And you just put the child on the sofa, on the cartoon, pack food for them, and you're on the phone doing You are not going to be different when you have your own child. You think you will be different, but you will not. Because old habits die hard. And so David was looking after the fathership. Verse 12. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. I mean, this is shocking. They bring this guy from the bush and God says, That's him. Youngest. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord terrorized him. Saul's servant said to, to them, Behold, now an evil spirit from God is terrorizing you. Let our Lord now command your servants, observe this now, who are before you, let them seek a man who is what? A skillful, talk to me church, who is what? A skillful player on the harp. And it shall come about when the evil spirit from God is on you, that he shall play the harp with his hand, and you will be well. So Saul said to his servants, Provide for me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Say, let's look for a skillful player. He said, bring a man who can play well. Not a man who can play. Many people can play, but few people can play well. Say, bring a man who can play well. Who is skillful. Who knows what he's doing. So, Then one of the young men said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is a skillful musician. Mighty man in valor, warrior, prudent in speech, and handsome man, and the Lord is with him. I like this. Even though he said the Lord is with him, one of the things they said about David was that he was a skillful musician. Now, I want you to pay attention to this, and I need you to really follow this morning's teaching. It's very important because I think this is the missing link in the prosperity of many people. You would realize that even though David was anointed to be king, what took him to the throne was the skill. 
Even though he was anointed. Are you still with me? What made him first of all to get to the palace is his skill. No matter how anointed you are, if you're not skillful, listen carefully to me this morning. There are places you will never get to. You will be anointed, but very mediocre. What took David from taking care of ships and moved him from the backside of the desert to start working for the king is the fact that he could play well. Not just that he could play, but he could play well. That he was skillful. Let's go to another story. So remember, David was rejected. Remember this. His brothers didn't didn't look after him. None of his brothers said, wait, you can't anoint us. My younger brother is not here. Let me tell you this and listen very carefully to me this morning. It doesn't matter who does not believe in you. If you decide in this life that you're going to be something... With God on your side, you will be that. Doesn't matter. Your, your, you see, your parents might not even believe in you. You know, you, you might grow up in a house where your parents believe in your elder ones more than you. That's not an excuse for you to fail. Are you following what I'm saying? You don't need the whole world to believe in you. You just need God to believe in you and God does because he sent his son, John 3.16. And you go to work on yourself. Go to work on yourself. Oh, in this life, in this life, no man, no man to help me. You don't need any man. Your skill will take you where your family has never been to. Just be skillful. Work on yourself. Throw away this mediocrity. Throw away this mediocrity. I, I'm going to talk about that. Let me calm down first. First, first Kings 7. Throw it away. Do things haphazardly. You are neither here nor there. You are neither skillful nor unskillful. First Kings 7. I like this one. This one is beautiful. Man, I love this. And by the way, I'm writing this whole thing. We're teaching into a book. It's going to be out next month. Just... Because there's so much in my spirit to teach about this and I can't... I mean, I look at the time and I can't even teach anything. First Kings 7, verse 13. Now King Solomon wanted to build something. He says, now King Solomon sent and brought Hiram from Tyre. Look at verse 14. Look at verse 14. He was a widow's son from the tribe of Naphtali. And his father was a man of Tyre. A walker in bronze. And he was filled with wisdom and understanding and skill for doing any work in bronze. So he came to King Solomon and performed all his work. This was a widow's son. But he was skillful in anything concerning bronze. Look, look at what happened. They had to send for him from another country. To come and walk for King Solomon. The question you would ask yourself is that were they no, were, was there nobody in Israel that could walk on bronze? There were many people who could walk on bronze, but they were not skillful. So King Solomon had to send from another country to come and walk for him. You see, if you are skillful, people would look for you. 
You see, this one you are running around people is showing that you don't have skills. And especially when you grow up in a country like ours, where there's massive corruption, massive, you know, tribalistic stuff and everything, it might make you just feel like, what's the need to develop my skill? But one of the things I realized about life is that if you are skillful, a time even comes, nobody can push you out of where you are. Because everybody recognizes this man is good in his job. Praise God. How many of you remember Dora Akinuli? Huh? Navdak. If I ask you now, who is Navdak chairman? Who is Navdak chairman? <laughs> Somebody said Dora. <laughs> are, you, are you hearing what I'm saying? So it tells us that it is not the position, it's the person. That woman came and made her mark. Everybody became scared of Navdak. Today the story is different. So it doesn't matter whether you are a woman or a man. If you are skillful, you are skillful. Sadly, some ladies are even more skillful than men. It's just that men don't like giving them opportunities. Yeah. Some men are not skillful at all in anything. They are just, you know, they are just macho. They are just child. <laughs> That's the skill they have. Skill of backing. Here you have the man. Or very skillful in getting young girls. That's their skill. And you know that skill can't take you to the throne. Rather it will pull you down for the throne. Zero at your work. Skillful in adultery. Developing skills in the wrong area. Because we live in a society where if you know somebody and you don't know anything, they will give you a job. And so, because of that, we develop an apathy towards skill. It's just like, it's useless. Ah, what, what? I need to know someone. So, look at this. We spend all our life trying to know a big man. How can you put your whole life on trying to know a big man when you know God and you know his word? Don't subject your life to the goodwill of any man. Develop yourself. Praise God. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Come and talk to me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This was a widow's son. The king Solomon had to send for him. He didn't write application. He said, send for me that man. He's good in bronze. Let's go again. Second Chronicles chapter 2. Second Chronicles chapter 2. Reading these stories. We'll have this conversation. As I began to study this, I saw how much God even depended on people who had skill to build the tabernacle. He did not depend on their zeal. He depended on their skill. To be zealous without skill is to be foolish. Very zealous. Zero skill. Look at this. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Let's start reading from... Sorry. 2 Chronicles chapter 2 and... Uh... Verse 7. Let's quickly read verse 3. Second Chronicles 
Let's read from verse 1. Second Chronicles 2.1 Now Solomon decided to build a house for the name of the Lord and a royal palace, palace for himself. So that was the mission of Solomon. Go to verse 3. Then Solomon sent war to Huram, the king of Tai, saying, As you dealt with David my father, and sent him cedars to build him a house to dwell in, so do for me. Go to verse 7 because of time. Now send me a skilled man to walk in gold, silver, brass, and iron, and in purple crimson and violet fabrics, and who knows how to make engravings, to walk with the skilled men who I have in Judah, Jerusalem, whom David, my father, provided. You know what he says? He says, I need a skilled man who can walk with my skilled men. Now, if your men are that skilled, why do you need another skilled man? Of course, it shows that the skill of the man he was inviting to come was more than the skill of the men in Israel. Why did I read this scripture? It's to show you that they were skilled men in Israel, but not as skilled as the man who was coming from Ty. How skillful are you? You are a carpenter, for instance, and they ask you to make something. By the time we see it, we don't know whether it's a graven image or something that is to be dedicated to idols. Nails coming left, right, and center. Measurement not straight. Zero appreciation for excellence. Listen, everything you do in this life, your name is on it. And a good name is better than riches. They send you to do something, you buy fake materials. Electrical person, you connect the whole house, and, and people are, things are shocking people. You realize what will happen. Listen, listen. In the beginning, when you start that way, you will make money. But as you go on in life, you will end up poor. Because people will say, don't call him. He wires his house to shock people. And I want to say this. I mean, I, I say this. The guy who builds for us here, Baba, I mean, some of you knew him. He came to work for us while we were at Finima. Excellence with his work. Excellence. He's the one who is responsible for most of, almost all our buildings. In fact, the reason those two structures are not up is because he's not free. We will wait. Even if it's one year, we will wait for him to come. Ah, sir, I can do it. No, sir. That's how we give a man a job. I said he should be part of the people who build the, the parsonage. Do one fence. So he was there working. I don't know so much about building. I really don't know so much about building. But when I came and, and I, I looked at the, the, the fence, the, 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 the partition of the room, it was not straight. With my almost zero degree of knowing things about building. I knew, if I know that something is not straight in a building, know that even a dog will recognize that this thing is not straight. Then the next time we were building, say, ah, why did they not call me? Who will call you? It's not people that are after you. You are skillless. So when you cut corners and make money, that money will sustain you for a while. Are you following what I'm saying? 
Do you know why when you buy things in developed countries, they tell you you can, re- you can return this thing after so, 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 so number of months? They give you one year warranty and the rest. You know why? They trust what they have built. But you know, Nigerian man, as you get into his store, he says, there warranty, say, no, no. As you are leaving the store, he knows what he has done. He has taken some parts out. He knows by the time you get to your house, that thing will not come on. So maybe you plug it. Yeah, but it's on for the store now. Because the fuse is just for to skillfully stealing, not in production. We laugh about these things, but don't be that way. Look at this. Go to verse 11. Then Huram, king of Tyre, answered in a letter, sent to Solomon, because the Lord loves his people. He has made you king over them. Glory to God. Then Huram continued, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who has made heaven and earth, who has given King David a wise son, endowed him with discretion and understanding, who will build a house for the Lord and a royal palace for himself. Verse 13, Now I'm sending Huram Abi, a skilled man, endowed with understanding the son of a dynat woman and a tyrant father who knows how to work in gold, silver, bronze, iron, stone, wood, and purple, violent, and all that, all kinds of engravings, and to execute any design which you may assign to him. To execute any design which you may assign to him. To execute any design which you may assign to him. A skillful man. Give him any design. He's going to sort it out. Look at this. To work with your skilled men and with those of my Lord, your father David. I've read to you three amazing stories of how people where demands was placed on their life for their skills. This scripture doesn't tell us that they came from wealthy backgrounds. We've seen a rejected child like David. We've seen Huram Abi. Who's, who was a son of a widow, but he was demanded by a king to come and work for him. And all because of one thing, he's skillful. What does it mean to have skill? An ability to do an activity or a job well, especially because you have practiced it. The ability coming from one's knowledge, practice, attitude, to do something well, to develop skill is to do something above the average. If you are good, men will look for you. Some of these prayers we spend time, some of the all night we are spending in church to do all night and pray to cast out devils and cast out demons and cast out principalities and powers. Listen, listen. Go and sit yourself down and get a walk in your skill. You will pray less. I mean, you should have a prayerful life. It will not be for who is after you. These people were not praying for jobs. Jobs was looking for them. The people who are earning more than you, they are human beings like you. What's the difference? What's the difference? Time you should spend studying, reading, organizing your crafts. You are all over town. Strolling from house to house. Having time for discussion. Isn't it amazing how we have time for everything except to improve our lives? There are people who will stand and talk for one hour and we earn hundreds of thousands. Just one hour. I'm going to read a scripture to you in the book of Isaiah. It talks about a man who was a skillful orator. Talking about public speaking. 
why some people can gossip for three hours and even the 200 they have they, they gossip to the point where the money came out of their pocket because as they were talking, talking, hey, you know, say, hey, oh, yeah, yeah, the money is gone. They, they have to trek home. That means they, for three hours, they lost 200. Or they will talk until they will buy something and eat. They will forget that they have bought something with the money. When they want to go, say, I wear my transfer. Oh, now we take buy Coke. Four hours. We, we, we are in a mediocre society. And one of the things I put here, if I, I hope I can get there, one of the things I put here is run away from friends who praise you but who have no appreciation for skill. Once you are reading, ah, you are reading too much. In Nigeria, they don't read now. Once you are doing something, no, they always want you to have fun, have party, enjoy life. Do you realize that if people were enjoying life the way we say they are enjoying life, all these things were enjoying, nobody would have created them. You think the man who created the air condition was enjoying life. That's how he created it. The chair you are sitting on. Why is our life like this? A whole generation caught up in fun. Zero production of anything. You tell someone who is a tailor to sew a shirt for you, you will stand in front of the mirror and be asking yourself, am I bent or this shirt is bent? You, are, you, are, you, you don't know again. Is my shoulder straight? You are not asking people about yourself. Because it's almost like blaming God for not creating you complete. You don't know whether you are wearing a blouse. You don't know what you are wearing. The tailor has to describe the shirt to you. Then they will not say it's style. It's not style. It's lack of skill. There's a, there's a man who comes to this to church. When he comes to town, he comes to church. He's done some shirts. His natives are very expensive. Very expensive. He comes from Lagos. Sometimes they bring him to the array. By the time he's done, shirts worth hundreds of thousands. They're like two, three, he's done for me. Anywhere I wear, do, anywhere, anywhere, within and outside the country, people ask me who sold these shirts. Everything straight. You will measure someone and bring a shirt. You'll be asking yourself, who measured you? Sir, the shirt not fit. And then when you say you are not giving them work, it becomes quarrel. You know, here we 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 give people job to avoid offense. That shirt you are wearing, who sold it? Says that tailor, and and me, your brother, I'm here. I'm here. You know that culture of emotionally tying people to 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 mediocrity. There are people who have left this church because we didn't give them jobs to do, and I'm glad because we don't give you job here because you're a member of the church. Most people who work for us are not members of the church because when members of the church, some of the members of the church work for us, we know that they have worked. We have to pay again to repair the work. By the time they are done, for the sake of peace, we now get somebody. And then they want to hold us hostage. Glory to God. Come on, tell yourself, I will develop my skills. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying today? God wants to bless you. The money is not going to fall from heaven. The money you need to be wealthy is already on the earth. All you need to do is to create a service to exchange it. 
There's no money coming from heaven. That's why you should not be running after miracle money, miracle money, miracle money, miracle money. Miracle money is not the preferred method of God blessing his children. What did God tell Peter to go and do to catch the fish? He said, go to the sea and fish and you see a golden man. If Peter was not a fisherman, would God have sent him that errand? No. We have almost developed a Christianity that has zero respect for skill. Oh, God will favor me. I know my God will do it. I know my God will do it. They give you one shirt. You swell it. Your God will do it. They give you another shirt. You swell it. Devil will do it for you. Not God will do it. You realize something. When you are skillful, you don't run after customers. They come after you. When you are skillful, go and develop skill in that job. Develop skill in that thing you're doing. Stand out in your company. Stand out in your organization. If they want to... Let me ask you something. If they say, we are not giving job based on where you come from. We are not giving job based on who you know. Do you think you'll be employed? Most of you are employed because you are from this land. It's not employment because of skill. So, before they even talk of employment, you have put your father's name. From, I'm from the brand family. I'm from brand. And now we, we are the brand. We are the green. We are, we are the jumbo. Because you know that if you don't put that name forward, you cannot be employed. So, before you know, you have carried placards. Hey, hey, you are taking oil from our land. You are taking oil from our... That, that is not a skill. Protest and... You know, I mean, of course, of course, there are places where people should have social responsibility. But look, now, I mean, I want you to ask yourself honest question. If you were not from Boni, or you are not a Jumbo, a holiday, whatever, would you be employed with your level of skill? Will you employ yourself? Ask yourself. If you had a company, would you employ as, as unskillful as you are, would you get a job? That's why we have raised a generation where somebody will get a job and give his ID card to somebody to go and work for them and be collecting less than what they should collect. In their mind, it is wisdom. Ah, not the work. Oh God, they use my name. In, in your mind, you are a big man because our concept of big men in Africa is the man who is just not doing anything. We don't have respect for creativity. And sadly, we brought that message inside the church and we started teaching it as favor. Ah, God will favor you. You will be in your house like this. Money will be coming. It is laziness. The scripture never teaches that. Come on, is somebody in this service this morning? I'd like you to have a new appreciation for skill. It doesn't matter the job. Be skillful in it. What is skill? Competent excellence in performance. Competent excellence in performance. Expertise. Dexterity. To be an expert in what you're doing. A craft or a trade requires manual dexterity. Special training in which a person has competence. The man can play very well. See somebody come to church and say, Oh, praise the Lord. I don't want you to mind my voice. Just listen to the words of the song. How are we going to hear the song? Is it not through your voice? When we are practicing for God, I mean, choir, 
I'm going to read about that in the choir. How, in fact, the people who were put in charge of the choir in the Old Testament were skillful musicians. Practice song, you won't practice song. Throw mediocrity all over the place. If they say, stop the choir now, it will become choir. We fight over everything. And that's, you know, we, we are in a generation where we cannot receive correction. When somebody says you are not doing something well, it becomes your enemy. Oh, my haters, my haters, my haters. There's mediocrity everywhere. Look at this. Genesis 25-27. Esau became a skillful hunter. You can put that up quickly. Genesis 25-27. Esau was referred to as a skillful hunter. He was not just a hunter. He was a skillful hunter. Put that up for me quickly. Who is there? Genesis 25-27. When the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. So, he was not born, look at that, he was not born a, a skillful hunter. People don't become, uh, sorry, people are not born skillful. They become skillful. He became a skillful hunter. How skillful are you in your job? One of the sad things, I pray I can finish this message, but let's go on. One of the sad things that have happened to us in our educational sector in Nigeria is when people who are not trained as educators, who have passion to teach, used schools as stepping stones before they got their good job. So they just gather students. No passion for teaching. No, zero passion. I'm just looking at you people. You think I'm supposed to be here? I'm an engineer. I read maths. Just looking at you. If you like, understand. If you like, don't understand. Listen, if a teacher who is skillful teaches you a subject, you will understand it. It's not as if children are poor, dull. We have teachers who have, there's no connection. All my life, I've wanted to be a lecturer. I love teaching. And if you stay around me, it shows in the way I teach. I mean, this message on skill and prosperity is three pages. One, two, three. Prepared. I'm going to teach something next month on the tongue and the power of the tongue. And I saw something about the tongue being like a rudder of the sheep. And I've been asking a member of this church who is a captain to put me through. How does the rudder work? Why am I going to learn all of those things so I can teach you properly? That is somebody who is passionate about what he's doing. I can't come here and say, in January, God will bless you. I say, February, God will bless you. In March, God will not stop blessing you. In April, you will realize the, the man is zero. Zero skill. I can just say, God will bless you this year. That one sentence has finished counting the, the months of the year. In anything you're doing, the Bible talks about being skillful in the word of righteousness. Some people teach you and you end up confused. It's better they didn't teach you at all. Because even themselves, they are confused. They will not say it's a mystery. You will not understand it. Come on, is somebody going to develop their skill from today? Getting skillful. And Aesop became a skillful hunter. Exodus 35, 35. Even when Bezaliah was called to build the tabernacle, the Bible said, he has filled them with skill to perform every work of an engraver. He has filled them with skill so you realize that even though God wanted to build the tabernacle, He did not just say, Who we volunteer? Who we volunteer? No. God anointed them and gave them skill. 
when you see the picture of the tabernacle, you will know that it was skillful men who built it. Look at Exodus 36, 1 to 4. Now Bezaliah and Ohaliah, and every skillful person in whom the Lord has put skill and understanding to know how to perform all the work in the construction of the sanctuary, shall perform in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. Then Moses called Bezaliah and Ohaliah, and every skillful person in whom the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart said him to come to the work to perform it. They did not just allow anybody to build a tabernacle. They wanted skillful people. If you want to increase in wealth, increase in your skill set. That same job you are doing and they are paying you 50,000, somebody else can come and do that job skillfully and earn 100,000. Be skillful in what you do. The people earning those amounts of money, they were not born by different sets of human beings. They don't have a different set of brain. Task your brain. Get books. Go to materials. Go for seminars. Read. Study. Stop wasting time. Start investing time in your skills. I tell you here, be the best. I told you about the man who helps us to build this place. We have to wait for him. He's doing a project. He'll tell us he's never without projects. Never without projects. I remember one time he wanted to come and do something and then he was going to take time and everything. We had to pay his tickets. He's a missing man. We had to fly him because it was quicker for us. And we're grateful. Are you following what I'm saying? Just the time he finished building, I needed to go back. I looked at it. What he did that time was so brilliant. I said, get him a ticket. Fly him back. He does not need to beg. Some of you, you finish job. Even the transport money they gave to you, they are looking for how to take it back. Say, have you paid your tax? Because you destroyed everything that has already been there. Zero skill. Once you touch something, they know that you have touched it. Excellence is zero. Give you mic to sing. Zero skill. And the, the, the funny thing about church is, we have to teach these things with patience and love. Because if we have to go by skills, you realize that many people will not function in the house of God. And they take that same attitude to their job and they are never promoted. Give you something to write. Mistakes, zero. Punctuation, zero. And it does not, it, it does not come to your mind that I need to develop this. Glory to the name of the Lord. Come on, I said glory to the name of the Lord. Are you learning something this morning? Is somebody living here with a passion to go and develop their skill? Not just today. When you hear a message like this, you are on fire. It's not that by August you have slipped back. You have to be on a constant mission to get better. Exodus 38, 23. Exodus 38, 23. With him was Oheliah, the son of Ahishamak, of the tribe of Dan, an engraver, and a skillful workman, and a weaver in blue and in purple and in scarlet material and fine learning. Specific things, an engraver. 
If you go to Isaiah chapter 3, verse 3, it talks about a skillful enchanter or a skillful orator. A skillful public speaker. You can put that there, Isaiah 3, 3. And the skillful enchanter. To enchant means to talk. The man who speaks skillfully. There's a public speaker in Nigeria. I went to his website one time. I wanted to... I was trying to get some material. So I went to his website. And I realized that he set his speaking fee way back then. It's $10,000 for him to speak. In this same country. He didn't even put it in Naira. You have to do the conversion yourself. Public speaking. People earn hundreds and thousands just to speak, just to motivate people, just to teach people. When you go for all those seminars you go for and people come to do presentations, are they not human beings that are presenting things to you? There is a level of prosperity you will never get into if you don't improve your skill. Be the best in that job. Be the best in that job. Be the best in that job. The man supervising you is a human being. Be the best. Don't just celebrate mediocrity in religion. Hey, wait, wait. By the time I finish, I will drive fasting. You go, no, God will promote me. After your drive fasting, go and learn and be skillful. Come on, are you still here? In 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verse 12, it talks about the skillful musician with the musical instruments. 2 Chronicles 34, 12. 2 Chronicles 24, 12. 34, sorry. 2 Chronicles 34 and verse 12. Talk about the skillful musician. The men did the work faithfully. With four men over them to supervise. Go down. And the Levites, all who were skillful with musical instruments. They were skillful. Most of you here who are into music would have heard of Kobans, who is blind. But look at the production that comes out from him. Music is top notch. Advert top notch. Although he's blind. And there are some musicians with two eyes. They won't have four eyes because they use glasses. Two natural, two, two, two additional. Nothing. Nothing. All they have is swag. Swag is not excellence. I come and are you still here? There is no condition keeping you from being skillful. It's your laziness keeping you. There's no condition. We are on an island here where practically we have light. 24 hours. If this were to be some places in the country, skillful men would have come up. But your light is for Telemundo. This woman, I want to see the end of this case. This case, I will see the end. Be an investigator. Be seeing the end. It's been one year, you are more serious. You will realize that if they don't give light anymore in this island, very few people will have the capacity to run generator to sustain their TV watching habits. Let me tell you, anything you don't pay for, if you are not wise, it will contribute to your downfall. Yeah, that's the truth. Because you won't know the value. <laughs> Second Chronicles, Judges chapter 20, verse 16. When David, when David threw that sling, 
most of us look at it that, that, well, it's the power of God. And I agree with you. It's the power of God. But you realize that there was a tribe who were skillful with stones. Out of all these people, 700 choice men were left-handed. 700 left-handed people. Each one could sling a stone at a hair and not miss. These were snipers with stones. I believe that it was from one of those that David would have learned how to use stone. He, did, he was not just running. You know the way they preach to us sometimes. See, David was just running, 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 running. He just collected stone. I just said, in, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I aim this stone. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. You've even heard some people say the stone was going. God was not pushing the stone, pushing the stone, pushing the stone. Some people even said there was one small hole in the helmet. God just pushed the stone inside it. God just pushed stone. <laughs> How many stones will God push? Look at this. They were a tribe. They, they could stone with their left hand a hair on a man's head and not miss. I believe that David also while in the bush, developed that expertise. And it was that expertise God used to kill Goliath. What you are not expert in, God cannot use to prosper you. How do I travel the world? Because I preach. This is my business. This is my expertise. Are you following what I'm saying? People don't invite me to go and preach in other places because I'm a good singer. Are you following what I'm saying? Have you seen many times when I climb up here, I don't attempt to follow the choir to sing. They just stop and I start preaching. Because that's not my area of expertise. So there was this tribe. What I want you to see is that in the Bible, if you study the Bible, you will see the place of skill. Why did God use um, Saul, who became Paul, to reach the Gentiles? He was well learned. He could explain redemption. Go and read the book of Romans. Go and read the book of Galatians. You will see Paul arguing his case like a lawyer. If this was this and this was that, why, why did God pick him? That's why when anybody comes to me and says, God has called me to a ministry, I say, go to the university first. Go to school first. God can use you a lot more. Thank God for the anointing. But go build yourself. Till tomorrow I'm still studying. Till tomorrow I still read. Till tomorrow I still attend meetings to get better. Praise God. Come on, I say praise God. Daniel 1.17 God gave them skill. The children, God gave them skill. As for these four children, God gave them skill. Daniel 9.22 Now look at this. You realize that all these people we are talking about that have skill... Can you realize who they were working for? Kings. Everybody say kings. Kings. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 5.18 The sons of Reuben. Please give me some time. 1 Corinthians 5.18 The sons of Reuben and the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh consisting of valiant men, men who bore shield and sword and shot with bow and were skillful in battle. Skillful in battle. Skillful in battle. First Corinthians fifteen twenty two. Everybody in the choir, write this down. Go back, meditate, meditate on it, and write it down quickly. First Corinthians fifteen twenty two. Shenaniah, chief of the Levites, was in charge of the singing. He gave instruction in singing because he was skillful. It's not because he decided to join the choir. 
Because he was skillful. That's why they came. So you realize that even in the Old Testament, if you were not skillful, they would not give you leadership responsibilities. Come on, are you there? Talk to me, church. Are you there? Say he was given instruction in singing because he was skillful. How skillful are you? How skillful are you? Look at this. Psalm 33 verse 3. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. Sing to God a new song. He didn't just say play. Say play skillfully. Be good at what you do for God. Be good at what you do for God. In fact, as I was studying this yesterday night, I said, God help me. I'm just like, God, how can I become more skillful in the assignment that you're giving to me? How can I become a better teacher? How can I become a better communicator? We should do things skillfully. Those who walk with me know, I don't take mediocrity because it's the house of God. And even right now, our excellence level is going to the highest. Psalm 78 verse 72, talking about David. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them with the skillfulness of his hands or with his skillful hands. Let's look at this very quickly. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will serve kings. He won't serve obscure men. I like what the message translation said. Observe people who are good at their work. Skilled workers are always in demand and admired. They don't take a back seat to anyone. Go to the next verse. Observe people who are good at their skill. You can go to the next verse in the message. Skilled workers are always in demand and admired. They don't take a back seat to anyone. Now I want to read this, then I'll give you 10 points and then we close. Daniel 6 4, and, and this is very important. Daniel 6, 6, 4. Most times, when we look at Daniel, we admire his work. But there's something about Daniel that stands out for me. Look at this. Daniel 6, 4. I'm going to read from three translations. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grants for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. That means Daniel was working for the government. But they were unable to do so. Look at this. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. I'm using the NIV now. There was no negligence, no corruption found in him. He was working in government. He was not negligent. They wanted to catch him at his job. They wanted to look at his job and point out something that Daniel did not do. They said they could not find anything with him. He was working for government. But the man was good at what he does. The New Living Translation says, But he could not find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. I like this. Always responsible. They could find nothing to criticize Daniel with. Praise God. The ESV said, But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful. No error or fault was found in him. This is someone in the Old Testament. Look at how he was described. Let me give you these 10 points very quickly and then we progress. But you know, when you read Proverbs 22, verse 
29 that we read, it says, if you see a man who is good at his work, he will stand before kings and not mere men. The difference is very clear. Kings will be able to pay you more than mere men. So when you stand before kings, you earn more. Are you following what I'm saying? When you stand before kings, kings have the resources to pay you. And the way to get into that level of pay is to improve your skill. Improve what you do. Come on, are you still with me this morning? Is somebody making a determination in their heart this morning to get more skillful? Whatever you are doing, if you are a teacher, be the best. Ten things, quickly. I hope we can finish. Ten things. Number one, there must be area of skills, not more than one or two. Do not be a mediocre average person in many things. Be an expert in few things. Skillfulness requires a high degree of concentration. Don't try to do this and do that and do this and do that. <laughs> you know, I was talking to my wife one day. We were talking about one of our sisters who was selling something. And so, she mentioned what she was selling. In my mind, I'm like, ah, is that what she's selling now? Because the last one I heard, she was selling something. Some of you change what you sell every month. You have to focus. An organization from the U.S. wrote me uh, maybe three days ago. And uh, they wanted me to become a counselor in one of the projects they're doing. I worked with the guy in Nigeria before he went to the U.S., and they have many areas. So I said, send me the areas. And he said, well, he needed me to be a counselor. And I said, I can only counsel in this area. And there was leadership there. I said, leadership, not anything else. Of course, I have an idea of the other things. But at this level of my life, I'm going for high consecration. High concentration. If it's not ministry and leadership training, I'm not there. I'm not there. That's why I see me. I don't stand in the pulpit and try to talk politics. That's not my business. You can't be skilled in many areas. Focus. Who are you? Who are you? They call this one, you show up. They call this one, you show up. They call this one, you show up. In all the areas you are showing up, you are a mediocre person in every area. You are a pastor. Yet, the one thing you don't know how to interpret is the Bible. You can interpret APC and PDP. You can interpret a, a mark of the beast. <laughs> Many things. You know 5G, 6G, 10G. Bible, zero knowledge. Come on, tell yourself our focus. Because clarity breeds mastery. You cannot be a master of what you are not clear about. That's why you don't have, that's why you don't have a sportsman who is a master at two sports. If you mention a Messi, you know it's football. You mention a Ronaldo, you know it's football. You mention Michael Jordan, you know it's basketball. You cannot be good at football and basketball. You, see, you remember a time where Nigerian actors, whether it was out of poverty or out of frustration, I don't know what's wrong with them, everybody started releasing a music album. You remember that time? How many of those albums did people listen to? Zero mastery. Yeah, we hustle. He's a survivor. What will bring money? But we, we are not focused. Come on, are you still here? Young people be focused. Be focused. You see some people's biography. Uh, what's bi- biography now? Something on their, on their confusion. Entrepreneur, uh, shoemaker, uh, bicycle repairer, fridge. They the want that general contractors. One man. He's only here. The man can supply anything. Just looking for survival. So you are not an expert. Until you are an expert, nobody will consult you. That's why consultants end. You know, they'll bring a consultant to your company for few, few, three, four, five days. He might earn more than what you are earning in, in six months. You know, let me tell you this. Regardless of what you are earning, there are people who are earning 
doing just one thing, what you are earning a whole year. Do just do it. And bam, the money. You will go to work 21 days under the rain, under the skill. Come on, glory to God. Come on, I say glory to God. Number two, set aside part of your time to work on and improve on your skill. Improving your skill will require time. Wasting time is reducing your capacity to be skillful. To waste time is to reduce your capacity to be skillful. Why are you wasting time? You could read a book to help you. You could practice your trade more. You could engage around your trade. Don't have time wasters around you. They will reduce your skill. Study. Read. Praise the name of the Lord. Number three, set aside part of your funds to improve your skill. Improving your skill will require money. You cannot live on free things alone and expect to become skillful. In the course of this month alone, I've attended four paid courses for pastors. Paid. The minimum I paid for one that we just had two nights ago was, 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 was 10000 On several areas of ministry. The one I did yesterday night was on structure, structuring ministry. Just one hour cost, 10000 You cannot be expecting free things and expect to build your skill. Are you following what I'm saying? Over this period, I realized, oh, well, this pandemic, I might not be able to travel much and all that. And all that. I enrolled in another Bible school. I've, done, I've just finished my bachelor's. I'm doing my diploma now. And I still have to do master's next year. That one is, 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 is my master's next year is non-negotiable. But I said, why will I waste the whole of how many months? I'm not learning anything. I'm not in any school. And I plugged in. You cannot stop constantly improving yourself. Glory to God. So you, you have to pay money to learn things. Number four, practice your skill daily. Every day, you should be doing something daily in the area of your skill, your call, or your purpose. If you practice daily when others are playing, they will look for you when the time comes. What are you doing daily towards your area of expertise? You're a secretary, you are a receptionist, you are a security person, you are a mason, you are a carpenter. What are you doing daily? Instead of all those YouTube videos you are watching, comedies, kids, following this one, why don't you go online and take courses? Why don't you use your data to improve your skill? Instead of just laughing. <laughs> oh, the people are funny. Oh, they are funny. Oh, they are funny. Then by the time you finish watching, you now sentence, Dear sir, I don't know if God has touched you concerning my life. God has not touched me. Go and improve your skill. There are people who are even learning things from YouTube. No idea. They just stay on the channel day in, day out, and they become an expert. The human mind was designed to learn. Don't waste yours. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Number five, go about your job with diligence. Diligence means careful and persistent work or effort. No slothful man or lazy man becomes skillful. If you are lazy, you cannot become skillful. Because skill would require work. Praise God. Come on, I said skill would require what? Require work. Glory to God. Number six, let the best in your field become your benchmark, not your friend's. The fact that if, if myself and Chris, now let's say Chris the capital and me capital, 
If he's not the best carpenter around, he cannot become my standard. You see, you can be better than your friends, but that does not mean you are the best. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So you look for the best in your field, globally, and set the standard. I like the way this man teaches. I like the way he prays. It becomes a standard of study for you. Sometimes I read theological books and I'm amazed at the way people go about scriptures. Stretches my mind. Who is the best in your field? Who is the best tailor you know? Who is the best uh, project manager you know? Let that be your benchmark, not your friends. Because your friends can celebrate you in mediocrity. You can just say, but you try, you try, you try. <laughs> and meanwhile, that you try is zero skill. Your friends hardly tell you the truth. I must be honest with you. Your friends hardly tell you the truth because they are afraid to offend you. So anything you do is right. So in, 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 in developing skill, you are not just listening to your friends. Listening to people who can tell you where you need to work on. We live in a generation that celebrates shallowness. There are global best practices and there are local standards. May your best practice be against the global standards. This generation celebrates shallowness. One day I had to write on Facebook, why are we calling every pastor a general? What have they done? These small boys that we started missing together, a general in God's army, general in God's army. If this is general in God's army, it will be a failing army. How do you compare with people like Ahmed Simper McPherson that was raising <laughs> hundreds of people from stretchers? John G. Lager came to South Africa, planted over 600 churches, knowing nobody. You plant two campus fellowships with 20, 30 students. You are now a general in God's army. We celebrate shallowness. Look at books. You realize we are still reading books written by Watchman Nee. Watchman Nee was jailed in Chinese prison. He, some of those books he wrote out of his blood. We are still reading those books till today. When you compare the depth of those books and what we read, you will understand the shallowness. Read books by A.W. Tozer. And see the depth where men are writing from. We are a generation that celebrates shallowness. Any little thing, people are praising you. Any little thing, you have gone viral. We go viral for shallow things in this generation. So you must be careful of that. The fact that people are praising you does not mean you are that good. Glory to the name of the Lord. Number seven, skillfulness is not gender-based. Three more and we are done. Skillfulness is not gender-based. I like this scripture so much, Judges 5-7. Villagers in Israel would not fight. They held back until I, Deborah, arose. Until I arose a mother in Israel. Some translation says village life ceased. Economic activity ceased until Deborah arose. She was a prophetess. She was the wife of Lapidot and a mother in Israel. Don't take the fact that you are a woman. You are not just design. Just beauty. All about you is not just beauty. Any small thing, snap, 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 snap. You are just bending, snapping, bending, snapping. We go to your pages, pictures, all kinds of corners. Any flower you see, you have grabbed. Oh yeah, snap. That's all about you. If we say what's the value you are bringing to the world, it's a collection of pictures. All manner. You look at your leg. You know something? I wonder how people are standing picture. They are standing usually.
stone like this. At the point, even you that, don't, that know how to stand straight, you see, I say you are not, you are not current. Snap shoes, snap nails, snap everything. That's just the value set. Not everybody is a celebrity. Mind your life. Are you following what I'm saying? As a woman, there's more to you. There's more. You can be more. You can contribute more. He says, village life ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose. She arose when they were men. Look at our country. No matter how you talk about Ungozi, Iwelai. You know that woman? She's in a class of her own. She's just in a class of her own. It is whether she will work for the government or not. She's never out of job. Are you saying? Sound. Sound. All you are focused on is the new wig. The new wig. Ask yourself, why can't you own the factory that produced the wig since you have made that your destiny? I have this color. I don't have this color. I have this color. I don't have this color. There's more to your life than color of weed. There's more. You can contribute more value. There are children to be taught. There are clothes to make. There are people to raise up. There's more to this life. And our skillfulness will determine how far we'll access that. Are you still here? Number eight. Don't surround yourself with people who have no appreciation for skill. Those who believe in shortcuts. The more people talk down on your skill, the more you will not see the room for improvement. Oh, they'll say you attend too many seminars. You read too much. Have you heard you read too much? You read too much. In Nigeria, you don't need this. Ah, which book did Dan Gote read? Are you Dan Gote? Glory to God. Number nine. You can become skillful in any field of life. Whatever the field of life is, you can become skillful in it. Number ten. No one can become skillful for you. Skillfulness is not transferable. You have to pay your own price to become skillful. My son cannot come and start preaching like me. He has to read the books I read. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on, are you following what I'm saying? Skills is not transferable. You have to pay your own price. So I'd like you this morning to set a goal and it should be an eternal goal that till you leave this earth, you would always work on your skill. And you see what will happen? Your level of income will begin to increase based on your skill. This world trades on value. This world trades on value. And you're, you have to try to become more valuable. Are you following what I'm saying? The higher your skill, the more the prosperity that you access. God might have anointed you but you need to go and learn how to play that instrument. You need to go and learn how to do your job properly. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, we thank you. We pray this morning that you will give us a new level of appreciation for skills. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng 
or you can call 0805 888 7575. God bless you.